Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary.org Hardcore 2.0, episode 48 coming your way. Today we're talking about Shred with Anavar and Primo Bolin, Terraforma, part two. So we did a part one, which was 47, and that was a really good one. We talked about Anavar and Masteron. So if you haven't had a chance to take a look at that one, go back and look at the previous episode, number 47. This time we're going to do 48, and it's going to be a part two version, more shredding talk. We listened to a lot of you guys out there you guys want us to talk more about shredding uh yep. not a lot of podcasts do a lot of podcasts out there don't really touch on this stuff don't give you the tips these valuable tips that we give you we're the only podcast that gives you the reality and the, these these actual tips to actually help you because a lot of these podcasts out there they're just a bunch of uh, genetic freaks you know all they knew all they know is just lift weights and stick steroids up their ass but they don't know how to diet they don't know how to train they don't know how how what you know how to pick the right products for you to use so in this one we're yeah. going to cover all that we're going to give you the tips we're going we're to tell you all about primo parapharma primo is a fantastic product we're talking about parapharma anovar we're going to touch on some stuff we didn't get a chance to in the last episode we're going to tell you how to stack them we're going to tell you what other steroids you can stack with them to shred and we're also going to tell you more about Parapharma uh, from the last episode. So this is going to be a really fun one, Mobster. So let's first start with why we love Parapharma, and I'll bring you in on this one. Yeah, I mean, look, every time we do a Parapharma podcast, I'm going to say the same thing, guys. So don't be too surprised. But if you're a new listener, this is for your benefit, right? Uh, so one of the things that experience of using PEDs over an, a number of years, in fact, coming up on a couple of decades now, in my case, and Steve's not far behind me, is that we have the experience of good, bad, and ugly, right? We've had product that we've taken from different sources that haven't worked at all. We've had amazing products. We know of labs that have lasted, metaphorically speaking, five minutes, less than a year, and other labs that have been around decades. So here's how this shit works. Eventually, you get to understand what makes a good lab, what makes a good PED supplier and approved source, right? So how does that work? Number one, and we talk about this when we talk about Parapharma. Parapharma has been around a long ass time. I believe is this year will be 14 years, Steve. In fact, they're probably they're going to need to update their site. It's going to be 14 years this year, 2024, as we record this show. That is a big deal. When labs, and I, I've had a local lab lasted nine months, 10 months, Great product to begin with, Steve. Free product. Try this out, mobster. In nine months, ten months later, gone. The person that had sort of hit me up, gone. Literally gone in his case. He died. Um, they, they fucked up with stuff that they were producing. They put too much money into growth. It's stupid shit. What also happens, we know of kitchen sink, and I mean literally kitchen sink. You can go on YouTube and find photographs, videos, talking about these kind of places where there's polythene on the walls of the kitchen and they literally make a product. I could show you, there's a documentary where they are, as we say in the United Kingdom, producing steroids in a lockup, literally a garage, 
the microwave for the purpose of the documentary. It's horrendous. And we know of the dark, dark stories of the days of the Mexican labs that would come and go in the raids and whatever else. To be able to last 14 years, as it will be this year for Parapharma, is an indication that they're producing solid product. You don't get the inconsistency. You are getting solid product day one. Now, one of the things that we like to look for, and all our approved sources now do this, Steve, not every source has this, and they should. And that is stuff like lab tests or certificates of analysis. We, we, we know, again, horror stories of product raws that have come from China with heavy metals in, the inconsistency, inert powders that have been sent to people, this kind of situation. So in order for a source like Parapharma to make sure that their own what they're being supplied with is consistent. They take randomized samples from their product line and they send them off for testing. Now you can do in-house testing, which is great, but that's kind of like me saying that my shoes are shiny all the time. It's other people's opinion. You need to be independently tested. That's how big industry works. Food companies work. They literally let people come in, take samples, random samples off the shelf, off the production line, take them away, and you do in-house testing, but you also go out to a lab, which you pay for. And this is what our approved sources like Parapharma do. You can go onto their website, click on lab test, and see the results of the lab test. We've had, and I mentioned this on another show or two that we've done, a member on the forums that has at his own pocket, at his own expense, ordered products from all of our approved sources, again, including Parapharma, and independently of his own back using his own cash tested products. And I think the average score, and I said this on a previous show, Steve, came in around 98, 99%, meaning that pretty much all our approved sources, again, including Parapharma, were as legit as possible to be for a UGL. So this is the kind of stuff that we like. And then finally, and Steve and I can both say this with our hand on our heart, it would be very easy for me to sit here and bullshit the listener and say, oh, yeah, it's great product. Look, look, look. I have personally used Parapharma products. I've actually been contacted by members of the forum. They say, oh, what company is it? Because you recommend this and you recommend that. Which ones? I can, I can literally, I think there's three companies that in the last 12 months I say, I've used this one, I've used this one, I've used that one. And I specifically can say that I have used Parapharma products supplied to me by one of the resellers for me to do a cut. And I can say that I had, as I joked at the end of the uh, cut log, great success, uh, LEG style, in me using Parapharma uh, Cut Stack 150, the particular product. And so I can say, say I've used their products. It works exactly how it's supposed to work. Uh, it was smooth going in. I had no post-injection pain. It was. It did include trend, which I'm still not a fan of. So I did the whole, the whole trend vibe. But nevertheless, the purpose of that, that particular stack was a four-week cut. I'm still, and I say this on show, Steve, I might actually adjust the belt down another notch. I'm still two notches down, two screw holes down on my lever belt from the cut, and my belly hasn't gone back up. So that, to me, is a success. I got leaner. I was still able to do the stuff. It killed my cardio, and yeah, I was doubling up on the cardio. Uh, so yeah, it did tread exactly did what it's supposed to do. It was part of that particular product, and I had great success. So yeah, how you you listen to these shows, you're not always listening to someone who specifically used a product. I have used Parapharma product. What about you, Steve? Yeah, and I've used them as well. They've really come on on strong the past couple of years. 
and gaining popularity. Um, you know, and they've been on a lot of forums over the years, and they have a lot of reviews, a lot of reviews. Really, any steroid review website out there, they're usually yeah. in the top two, top three, top four, top five, whatever, um, in terms of amount of reviews they have. And they're really growing quite rapidly. And a lot of resellers, a lot of the top resellers are now selling their products. So that yeah. tells you that they have, number one, they're very popular. And number two, they have a lot of interest out there from different um, sources who are like, well, you know, we don't want trouble. We don't want to bring on a source and resell. We don't want to bring on a brand, excuse me, and we and sell their products and have complaints from customers that have yeah. tested the products that it was no good or have complaints from customers about the quality or that it's crashing all the time, or it's it's post-injection pain, you know? So they'll bring on high-quality brands for a reason. And they brought on Paraforma because it's a very popular. And the nice thing about Paraforma is the people that use Paraforma, in 99% of cases, they will come back in the future when they do decide to run a cycle. Some people run a cycle, they'll wait a year, they'll wait three months, They'll wait five years, they'll wait 10 years, whatever. But my point is, where do you go back to? And a lot of people, 99% of customers who've used Parapharma go back a second time, a third time, a fourth time. It's like Thanksgiving dinner at your grandma's house and everybody in the, you know, you've got the tables full of food. You got 50 people there and you got three tables of food. One table is grandma's food. One table is aunt's food. One table is your uh, uncle's food that he made and everybody you know is going to one table to get food because they tried each table but then they decide you know what i like this food the best i'm gonna go to this table you see it's the same thing so sources out there that are selling these products they know and by the way if you want to know who is selling parapharma and where to get parapharma you come on our, our website, obviously, and you check that out. Yep. We have a lot of people quit asking that in the comment sections on social media. You got to come on the forum. We, we can't post on social media where to get this stuff. You have yeah. to come on the forum, okay? That's that's <laughs> yeah. That's why that, it works, guys. Yeah, that's how that's it, works it works in, in no. real life. YouTube will kick our asses. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, for me, you know, been around the game a long time. There used yeah. to be a time where you couldn't do what Mobster said. You couldn't send your stuff off to be tested. So what what would we do in that situation? We'd cross our fingers and hope it was legit. But now you can. And brands that don't have high-quality products, and yeah. they're not yeah. dosed properly, will be exposed very quickly. So Parapharma, the fact they've been around this long, they know what they're doing. Go ahead, Mobster, and we'll move Let on. Let me now. finish off on this. One of the things that Steve and I have experienced back in the day, I did not have a fucking clue. In fact, didn't even have a choice, never mind a clue. I, I, I knew that I was a certain person who was very famous in the UK at that particular time that I could contact. It was fantastic for advice. In fact, I was lucky, as you know, for other shows that we've done, to have two such people that I could speak to. And they were the biggest gurus of their type in the United Kingdom at the time. And one of them was able to source material. So you knew that it came from certain countries. But brand, forget it. 
you got what you got. It was, it's, we know it's come from this country. We know it's going to be good to go. We know that the, the product has got a great reputation. But in terms of brand, there was, there was no choice. I think it was literally you wanted this from Pakistani, this or Iranian, that. That's what you got. What you didn't get was a company that you could go, oh, I like this specific brand. Can you get it for me? One of the things I'm going to say here, and this especially applies to parent farming now, and I've said this on other shows, there's a phrase I believe that was quoted by Winston Churchill, I might be wrong, and it, it, it's, it, actually it's another politician, I tell a lie, Prime Minister, and, it, and along, the, the phrase was, you've never had it so good. Listeners, you've never had it so good. You've never had it so good in terms of the surfeit of information that you have, like this podcast, the ability to go on forums, especially our family of forums, and check out information and get up-to-date data and have access to certificates of analysis, both on the forums and on the websites, being able to check a source, being able to check a reseller. But literally, and this is the truth also, and especially applies to Parafarm here, and again, like I said, 14 years coming up on right now, you've never had the quality and the accessibility to brands like Parapharma until this point in time. Trust me, when it comes to this kind of stuff and our information and our experience and all that kind of stuff, and this, I don't think there's a guru or anybody that does this kind of podcast that can deny this, Steve. They've only got to go back 10 or 15 years to see that I'm telling the truth. And you can go back 20 or 30 years, back to, to when Muscle Media 2000 was talking about this stuff with the Mexican labs. You can see the history. 20 years is nothing. Steroids have been around a long time, but in terms of accessibility to solid products with great reputations like Parapharma, you've never had it so good. Now let's talk about what shredding's about, and I'm going to touch upon, I'm going to let Steve do the, 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 the average Joe, which is going to include our listeners that wants to get into shape. I'm going to talk about a little bit more on shredding for the competitive athlete. Now, the reasons why we're talking about Parapharma Primo and Parapharma Anavar today is specifically because, in, and I'm thinking again for competition of competitive athletes, competition athletes, a professional bodybuilder or a model or someone or any of these classes, classic bodybuilding, for example, Steve, where you need to be ripped to fuck, a.k.a. shredded, and hold on to as much muscle tissue as possible. When you're doing a shred, it is for this applies for both groups. It is perfectly normal to lose a little bit of that muscle tissue that you spent all winter long building, building up, bulking up, getting bigger, adding a quarter of an inch here, sticking an eighth of an inch there, putting some more clay on the muscles, as Arnold Schwarzenegger's like to say, to shape the physique into the statue, the artwork, the whatever you want to call it that you guys want to be. Now, you get shredded. This is when we bring out the detail the lines in the chest, the, the not just the three heads of the delt, Steve, but the little lines at the base of the delt where they tie into the tricep and the bicep, that kind of fucked up look that the truly competitive athlete has, the really crazy shredded. And there are some great examples out there that listeners can find on the internet in terms of shredded athletes. And this is not, this, this could be baseball players, never mind bodybuilders. Now, for a competitive athlete, you're looking sometimes, Steve, 16 weeks, I've heard even up to 20 weeks. And typically, that will consist of two or three phases. It will consist of a, a bulking phase, coming off the bulking, three, four weeks. And then you start to tidy the diet up. You start to focus the training on bringing out details. And then finally, 
anywhere between four to eight weeks, you're really trying to get cut down and the diet gets crazy restricted. Sometimes a thousand calories a day, cardio for hours at a time. We've all, we've all heard the stories. And it's, this is when it's uncomfortable. And I want to really touch upon this as well, right? And this is why if you do the shred, if you use parapharma, this is the super important stuff. I want you to understand an element of it. I've done for myself, and I know Steve's done fasting, which is crazy long, three, four-day fast, more, I believe, up to four, possibly five-day fast. In order to do the fucked-up shit, and I've done for, just for my strength stuff, Steve, as you know, Elements of my training where I've been, to coin a phrase, hanging out of my ass. Real dog tired, beating myself up, training twice a day and, and doing the headspace where I had to be in terms of I need to be thinking that there's no one out there training as hard as I am, putting himself through two sessions a day, beating himself up so that at the end I can super compensate, I can allow my body to repair, and on the day of the competition, I'm going to come in ready to rock and fucking roll, tear shit up, and give every other fucking competitive athlete that I'm going to go up against a new arsehole because there's no point in them turning up. I'm going to kick ass. And so the training for me had to be that kind of headspace where I am fucking shit up. Now, for competitive athlete, and even a few of you that are going to get crazy shredded, I'm going to let you into a little secret. It ain't easy. It's hard. You're on 3,000 calories a day. And, and, and the prep coach gets you down to a 1,000 calories a day because you're behind. Actually, it's hard. If you're used to doing 20 minutes, 40 minutes cardio a day, and now you're doing a fucking hour, an hour and a half, that shit's hard. Sometimes the diet, not always, but sometimes the diet is bland, simple. It's like you've taken all the sauces and spices and all, all the good shit is off the table. You're not at grandma's anymore, as Steve was referring to earlier on. This is this, it's not quite the lettuce leaf and, and whatever else, Steve, but it's real simple, straightforward, functional. It ain't there for flavor. It's there to make you as lean and as ripped as possible. So from that aspect, and this especially applies to the competitive athlete, and you can see examples out there. But what you're looking for, and this is what makes it all worthwhile, the same thing applied to me when I was doing my strength competitions. I beat myself up. I want to feel fat. I want to feel like a, an old man that's been mugged in the street. So that on the day of the competition, I'm ready to kick ass, and then I get records, and then I'm on the podium taking my first-place trophy. And it makes all the effort fucking worthwhile. The same thing applies to the competitive athlete. You, you, there are athletes out there who talked about how they, and they, they will say something like, Steve, I feel dead. I'm just going through the motions. Uh, Kevin Leverone sleeping on the floor with a gun because he didn't want to sleep on the bed. He wanted to make the whole thing as hard as possible. But winning takes all that shit away. That check, that big fat $100,000 check, takes all that pain away. It makes the discomfort, the cold, the shaving, the shivering, the, the, the whatever that you've had to go through worthwhile. Some of that aspect you need to kind of learn and apply and listen to on this podcast when you are a normal Joe that wants to get into shape. Because trust me, if five of you and your buddies sat down together and said, we're all going to get in shape for the summer, this is how it works, Steve. Maybe one of the two of you will be properly shredded. The rest of them will find other things to do. The girlfriend, we went out for a meal. Sorry, I fucked up the other day. I couldn't make training. Only one of you, it's probably one in 10, Steve, never mind one in five, will put 
your foot down and press hard and get this shift done. Talk about how that can be, Steve, for the average Joe that wants to get shredded. Yeah, getting shredded is more and more difficult in America. Um, and it's getting more and more difficult on your side of the pond as well, Mobster. Just all the garbage that they put in the food and uh, all, the, all the sugar that we consume. We consume more refined sugar in one day than our ancestors. I'm talking about our ancestors thousands of years ago or even 500 years ago or even 200 years ago consume in their lifetime isn't that crazy because think about it there when you refine sugar all right you take the sugar cane plant which is only found in certain parts of the world okay it's not grown in britain as far as i know i'm pretty sure it has to have a warm climate to even grow yeah nothing here man beet, yeah. beet sugar i think sugar beet we got but we haven't yeah. got any kinds so look at the end of the day you take the sugar cane plant you open it up you got a liquidy white sweet thing inside right then you take that and you in a factory you refine it into a powdery sugary substance and that's what they put in products so that goes on in your body and it spikes your insulin to ungodly amounts ungodly amounts and when you spike insulin in your body, your body goes to the fast storage mode. You start storing fat like crazy. Okay, that's a that's a survival mechanism that allows us to store excess fat to be used at a later date during a famine. Okay, during you know wars, during volcanoes, during storms, during all these things where we need to tap into that excess fat to survive. But now we don't have any of those issues okay whenever there's a natural disaster you've got you know they they bring food to you uh you know you don't got to worry about it in america okay it's not like it is that's not like it was for our ancestors or not like what it is right now in some in some third world countries so in other words we don't have to worry about ever getting food so we have an epidemic of obesity um united states depending on where you what what metric you look at is definitely you know in the top three uh, in the world in terms of obesity. So it's become harder and harder to lose fat. You eat out, you get fast food, you order in, boom. Even if your diet was really, really good, it takes one bad meal to fuck everything up and send you back into the abyss. And it's a domino effect. So being shredded is not, easy all right you can go downtown or you can go on the corner or whatever where the bums hang out and you see them they're ripped they're taking drugs they're eating fast food they're eating gas station food but they're ripped okay but they're dying inside all right so the way i look at a mobster is why torture yourself when it comes to shredding why why kill yourself on the inside and do what some of these people do. They take all these fucking nasty compounds, the DMP, the clen, all this other garbage they put in their body, these, these stimulants, right? Like Zizzy, what he did. Destroy your body on the inside just to look good on the outside, okay? The way I look at it is do it the healthy way. 
the use fasting to your advantage, use fasted cardio to advantage, use cardio to your advantage, eat healthy, eat clean, do it the right way. Do it the way the guys used to do it in the 70s in the golden age of bodybuilding. All right. They knew about fasting. They know Arnold knew he did alternate day fasting. He would eat three healthy meals one day, the next day not eat anything ahead of a contest. He knew that that shit worked. That got him trimmed up. He knew he wouldn't magically lose his muscle by doing that. Because you don't. You don't lose muscle tissue when you do that. You will lose water. Okay? And since our muscle is made up of water, you can go flat in a competition. So what you do, you, even if you're flat going in competition, they knew they could get some jam or something and kind of plump up those muscles into the competition. So they knew the little tips and tricks. Okay? But you, as a normal Joe out there, you don't have to worry about looking good on a fucking competition in front of judges. You just want to look good year-round. So it's very, very important to do it the clean way. And that's the way I look at it, Mobster. And that's why we use these anabolic steroids. They give us the tool to be able to put on good quality, lean muscle mass, and also cut body fat at the same time. It's called recomping, and it's very hard to do without using anabolic steroids. But with anabolic steroids, absolutely you can do it. Absolutely, even if you have average genetics. So that's yes. what I train people to do. That's what I want people to do and want people to accomplish. And it can be done. So that's what, that's what to me, shredding is all about, Mobster. So touch on that really quick, and then let's get into Anavar. I, I mean, I've got to agree with Steve, and this is the reason why both competitive athletes and your average Joes that want to get in shape do so. As I said earlier on, you're using anabolics to hold on to the muscle tissue, which will sometimes be lost uh, simply by the simple fact that you're doing increased cardio, more activity, hitting it harder in the gym. Typically, for example, with a shred, Steve, you'll see way more sculpting and AKA muscle shaping type work, which is an increased volume and an increased load it's going to have a greater impact on your body. Uh, so you can only support that through diet. You can only support that through, you know, for example, if I start doing more volume, Steve, and I'm not looking to get shredded, I'm going to eat, I'm going to need to eat more food. If I am looking to get shredded, I want the calorie deficit. And, and but at the same time, I don't, don't want to lose all that hard-earned muscle tissue. So I'm going to use products like Parafarmers Primo and Parafarmers Anifar to hold on to, and especially the Anifar in my case, Steve, the strength and a pre-motor muscle. Now, very quickly, and I'll just finish off on this particular part, we've talked about, on other shows, the primo bowling quote-unquote from the golden age, where we said, why did bodybuilders of yesteryear? Well, firstly, they didn't have a lot of choice. Secondly, they were kind of in shape all the time. They didn't. The, 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 it came afterwards where people would bulk up crazy and then cut down. They would get 40 pounds out of shape. One of the issues, and Steve's touched upon this just now, is that a lot of us, and I'm talking about the general population as a whole, are out of shape. Therefore, of course, they've got a lot more fat to lose. When you start to see, and we see this on the forums all the time, Steve, if I'm using Mastron and I'm 17% or 20%, motherfucker, you're too fat. You're too fat. Literally, we have to put, you are one-fifth, one and we've seen worse. One-fifth of your body, body is fat. You weigh 200 pounds. That's 40 pounds of fat. That, that's fucked up. Think about that. So a lot of people, the average show population in general, is way more obese than they used to be, and that includes both sides of the pond, Steve America, and in the UK here. And so therefore, you're going to have to work harder. And if you work harder, 
It's a temptation to use stronger drugs, like Steve said. We don't want you to do the MP. Some of you will hate, for example, using Clen just because it makes you feel uncomfortable. There are good ways of using it, but some of you will absolutely hate it. I would much rather you use Parapharma's Primo and VAR to hold on to your strength, to hold on to your muscle, and to keep that shape while you do the work at the dining table, while you do the work at the gym, and especially when you're out killing the steps or fasting, doing the cardio, whatever it is you need to do to get in the shape. Let's talk about now, Steve, Primo and Anavar specifically. Now, I'll touch upon the Anavar. I'm a huge fan of Anavar. Now, for me, Anavar is twofold, and this one part applies to you if you look in the shred, and one part applies to you hitting the gym. When you're in a deficit, when you're doing more cardio, I've already touched upon the simple fact that it's perfectly normal to lose a little bit of muscle tissue. And one of the things that top professional bodybuilders, and I'm thinking specifically of Dorian Yates, has said, he said it was typical for most competing athletes to ease their foot off the gas when it comes to training hard in the gym. And what they didn't realize is if you change what you were doing that kept the muscle on you and you kind of eased up, then obviously your body's not going to hold on to as much muscle tissue and or strength as possible. I love Anivar for strength, and I've touched upon this a bunch of times. It's also, and we use these kind of terms of phrases, all anabolic steroids have some kind of anabolic effect, but it differentiates between what is optimal. Anivar is optimal for what we call lean muscle gains. And again, especially if you're doing a shred, holding on to muscle tissue. When I've used Anivar, not only do I love it for strength, and I've touched upon this before, but also typically, and especially back in the day when I was still getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I would have typically about five pounds on an Anivar cycle. Now, I wasn't always looking to keep muscle on, but even then, Steve, if I was, I'd expect to keep two or three pounds. That doesn't sound like a lot, but a couple of cycles a year is six pounds, and this is just using Anivar, and you multiply that by the time I've been training, you get to be a big, strong motherfucker. Now, of course, what you're doing here today this night is shredding. So it's holding on to the tissue, not letting that go, and keeping your strength up, which means you can keep keep killing it in the gym with the heavy weights, which is precisely what got you to be big, muscular, if slightly out of shape, motherfucker, in the first place. So keeping that muscle tissue on is super important. Keeping the strength to keep that muscle tissue on is super important. That for me, and again, Steve, and we're going to talk about dosing afterwards, but I like to cycle this stuff at 50 milligrams a day. It's optimal for most people. And so we can mix and match when we're talking about cycles and dosing. What about Primo for you, Steve? Well, you know, first of all, we have to mention as well, Parapharma, they have a couple options when it comes to Anavar, right? They've got a 10 milligram and a 50 milligram. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, let me just say 100% this now. I'm telling Steve in the pre-show that I'm not mentioning it in the podcast. Make sure you go away and you look and you do the options that are available to you. So they do a 10 milligram pill, which is perfectly fine. And in fact, Steve mentioned this on the show the other day, especially for the ladies that we recommend Anavar for, which we for different situations because it's a lot easier to split a 10 mil pill down to five or even two and a half milligrams for the ladies. And for the guys that prefer to dose through the day, 10 milligrams are a great option. The other option they have is 50 milligrams, and I would split that, Steve, just straight down the middle, one in the morning or half in the morning and one in the afternoon for my 50 milligrams a day. Yeah, sorry about that. Back to the Primo for Steve. Yeah, and when it comes to Primobolin, so Primobolin, like Anavar, they're very similar in that they're both DHT derivatives, but what they kind of differ is that Anavar, you know, comes in the oral form, 
Primo Bolin comes in injectable form. And Parapharma has you covered when it comes to Primo Bolin. On the last podcast we did, you know, we talked about Anavar and Masteron. And we talked about adding Primo to it. Parapharma also has, they have a Parapharma Primo 100, but they also have a Parapharma Primo 200. So the nice thing about the 200 is it cuts down on the injection. So if you like to be, if you like, you know, you could do two CCs, three CCs a week. You do two CCs of the 200, you're getting 400. You do three CCs, you're getting 600. So that makes it a lot easier. Now, back in the 70s, when Arnold used to use Primo, he used to get them in amps. They come in 100 milligrams. He crack open the amp, draw it, and then inject it. And he'd have to do that every single day because he had to get in a lot of Primo in his system, right? So he couldn't, like, crack open three amps and draw the needle and draw the oil into the needle and go ahead and do, like, three, four cc's at a time. That just wasn't plausible. So he would do a little bit every day. But now you have to, now you have places like Parapharma that are coming up with this great Primo 200 milligram a milliliter. So you can get a lot more volume and you can cut down your injections in half. And I really like that. So that's a great option for those of you who want to do that. But if you want to do it the Arnold style, you can get the, you can get in a hundred milligram milliliter, but it comes in vials, not in amps. So again, it makes it easier. You don't have to worry about cracking over amps. I've lost so much gear over the years cracking open these damn amps and having little pieces of glass going into it, you know? So I like the, the vials better. The only thing you have to worry about the vials is the rubber stoppers. If you really, you know, you're rough on those rubber stoppers, those, those pieces of rubber can, can fall on your gear. But Parapharma, they do a good quality vial with good quality rubber. So you don't have to worry about the rubber going into the gear. So Primo Bone, it was one of the favorites of the guys back in the 70s. Golden age of bodybuilding, lean muscle mass, DHT derivative, as I said, doesn't aromatize into estrogen, doesn't give a lot of side effects, and it gives you good, clean, lean mass. Now, those of you who want to shred, it's very good for shaping your muscle, and it's very good. I have a, I like Primobolin better than Masteron, because when you use Masteron with the Anavar, you're getting the hardening effects of the Masteron. But when you use Primo, you're getting less of a hardening effect, but more of a muscle building effect. So you're able to build the muscle and then harden a little bit. So you'll get, you know, the you'll you'll have the appearance of getting more shredded, even with increasing weight or increasing the size of your muscles. So it's a really, really cool steroid, but it's a slow gainer like day to day you're not going to notice changes on primo bowling you see but if you take pictures week one week six week 12 you'll say wow i could see the changes in the pictures but you're not going to notice day to day it's not like a trend situation where you go on trend and you notice like on a day-to-day -day basis your your body is uh is changing so that's 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 where i like primo a lot the side effects. That's where I like it, Mobster. Because the side effects on Primo are very, very low. So shredding can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Now, when you're using Primo and you're cutting back your calories, you're doing a lot of fasting, you're doing a lot of fasted cardio, the Primo will not interfere with that. 
So I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to use trend and you want to do a lot of fasting, a lot of fasted cardio. The trend will absolutely destroy your cardio because it's so fucking inflammatory. So you can't even breathe on trend. This is why people who have like sleep apnea and who snore ask the people they sleep with in the same bed on trend. They will bitch about you snoring on trend for a reason. It's because it shuts your nasal cavities down. So you're not going to be able to breathe while you sleep. So it fucks up your sleep. It fucks up your cardio. It fucks up a lot of things. Primo won't do that. Primo is designed not to be inflammatory like that. So you can use the Primo and it's not going to fuck with your cardio like other steroids will. And it's not going to fuck with your fasting or your, your calorie deficit like other steroids will. Because when you eat in a caloric deficit, carb deficit, fast on trend, because it's so nutrient, it's such a fierce nutrient partitioner that you'll start developing a lot of side effects. The shakes, the sweats, the energy issues, the nausea, you see? And you need to hydrate all the time. On Primo, you don't have to worry about getting in this many carbs. You don't have to worry about drinking all the time. So what I'm trying to say is Primo gives you the flexibility to be able to hit your cardio hard and hit your fasting hard and eat, eat, eat in a carb deficit, eat in a calorie deficit, whatever strategy you want to implement when it comes to shredding, it will allow you to do it. But is it as effective as other steroids? No, but it will make no. it flexible and much easier on you. And you can get really good results on it. So I like Primo for that particular reason. Go ahead. I'm just thinking of a couple of things here, Stephen. In fact, um, ironically, I'm thinking there's a yin and a yang thing going on here. And we talk about this when we use the phrase synergy in some of our shows. Anavar, in terms of side effects, is an absolute pain in the ass, if not literally the ass, uh, because of the pumps and can fuck your cardio. Not not because of the, the, the uh, getting enough air in, Steve, but literally because of the pump itself. So it doesn't fuck you up on the cardiovascular. It fucks you up when you're doing cardiovascular with the pumps. Primo, on the other hand, as Steve said, doesn't have that kind of effect. Both of these are steroids, of course, and they have the side effects in terms of the issues with impact on your liver and your organs and so on and so forth. That comes with the territory. And even though that they're both quite mild in that particular regard, Primo, and I'm just thinking specifically here, Steve, from the golden age of bodybuilding, the historical angle, was that you would see bodybuilders like Frank, Zane, and Arnold, etc., running up and down the sand of the beach. And we know for a fact that they were using Primo Bowling a big time in those days. They didn't have the access to the wide range of stories that we got now. Trend really didn't come onto the scene to the late 80s and 90s. We know that, again, from the historical stuff. But Primo was widely available. In fact, we've talked about... Um, the fact that the, the, I've got some of the historical stuff that talks about the background of York Barbell, uh, Gold's Gym and so on and so forth. And one of the stories that came out of that time was that they were able to go see a doctor. They had doctors that were big fans of bodybuilding. And that's sometimes how steroids were sourced. One particular bodybuilder had a uh, an uncle that worked for a pharmaceutical company. I think the Pete Gorinsky, the owner of Gold's Gym at one point. They got a whole, it was a story about a whole suitcase or a huge great box of steroids arriving from his uncle. But the, one of the stories that came out at that time was that they had a friendly doctor that had an office or surgery or something just down the street from Gold's Gym. The guys would go there, 
be monitored by the dots who would ask them how they're getting on, how they feel, and he was the guy that they was able to source prescription steroids from back in the day. And as I say, at that time, Primo wasn't fucking the cardio the way that Steve says with the trend. Like I say, neither of these steroids are side effect free. They both had their side effects and they will both have an impact on the body. But again, we're going to talk about sensible dosing, stacking and, and, and suggestions of what you can add to a stack in terms of the effects rather than, as we said, throwing everything. And this, let me touch on this briefly. A couple of years ago, Steve, I think, in fact, just before the whole COVID crisis and whatever else, and even now you still get these stories coming out of this bodybuilder, male or female, passing away in their 30s or their 40s and what was going on. One of the issues that came at that time, and this is why I think Primo and Anavar's a great stack, and especially the doses that you and I are going to talk about, is that people were allowing themselves to get out of shape and then they weren't doing the work that they should have done to get shredded for the stage, male and female, and then they were having to take things up when it comes to PEDs to the oomph degree and do the absolute most fucked up shit that they could to get into shape. And there were certain gurus out there that were recommending these crazy stacks because the athlete they were working with was out of shape and because they hadn't done the work at the cardio at the dining table, or even sometimes in the fucking gym, and just throwing everything at these athletes for them to get in shape. And lo and behold, of course, it was causing terrible issues right up to and including people passing away because their bodies were super stressed, super toxic, and whatever else. Think about, again, Anavar, arguably, and I've seen backwards, back and forth on this, is, for, for orals, quite the mild anabolic and especially i mean probably actually in terms of side effects less of an impact a negative impact on the body than even dynabol with of course with the exception of those horrendous pumps because you're actually really uncomfortable but you can take taurine to try and calm that shit down a little bit hydrate as much as possible and as i say specifically with the historical angle the simple fact of the matter is we know that they were healthier bodybuilders back in the day and it's still incredibly useful now perhaps a different dosages are dependent on who you listen to in terms of recommendations for athletes of now wanting to get into shape so again the, the what we're talking about here today but your listeners is arguably compared to some and especially when steve talks about trend less harsh but not completely side effect free steve now, what about dosing and how you'd put these two together? I've already touched upon for myself when it comes to Anivar. And if again, especially if I was running it solo, as I quite often do when I'm doing strength cycles at 50 milligrams a day, I don't know that I'd adjust that number for myself. But then if I was going to be using Primo, I probably wouldn't run it crazy high either. And again, looking at the options that Parapharma offers, I would probably look at the 200 milligrams a milliliter product and I think I'd probably run that percent somewhere around a 300 to 400 milligrams a week in combination for me with the Anavar. And that's just as it comes on its own. What about you? And then obviously we can talk about what else we can throw in. Yeah, 300 to 600, buddy. I mean, honestly, a lot of people, you know, in a stack like this, I would go five to 600 because, you know, you want to really, you know, get the stuff in your system and you want to get in your system pretty quickly. It's an innovator ester. Um, so, Getting it in your system to work with the Anavar is going to be very, very important. So it's really, to me, more important to when you time the Anavar with it. So if you're going to go 10 weeks, 12 weeks with the Primo, 
um, which to a lot of people is short. But look, I don't really believe in going more than 12 weeks. I believe in recovery. So for me, 12 weeks max. I don't care what steroid it is. I don't care what ester it is. 12 weeks max. And then you could do the Anovar, the second half of the cycle, maybe the, the second six, seven, eight weeks of the cycle, maybe at 30, 40 milligrams a day. Some guys will go up to 60, you know? So that would be the way I'd run these two together. And it would be a hell of a shreddy sack. I do fasted cardio every day. I would be eating very, very clean, as clean as possible. Keep in mind, you eat junk, you're going to look like junk. So eat as clean as possible. Do some fasting here and there. Really get your glucagon levels up with that fasting. Get your insulin levels down so your body's not storing fat. So your body's burning fat. And then you should have some really good results with a good, clean shred doing it that way. Um, in terms of stacking, I'll start to talk about some steroids to stack with. And, you know, I can, I could, you know, I can make arguments for a lot of different steroids, Mobster. Um, one of them you could throw in here is testosterone. And Paraformin has many types of testosterone options. They have a propanate. They have an anathate, they have a sipinate, they got a lot, a lot of options when it comes to using testosterone. They have blends of testosterone, they got sustenon, which is a blend. So they have you covered, no matter what type of testosterone you're looking for, they have you covered. They even have a, uh, I'm seeing a test E400 instead of a test E250. So the 400 allows you to really just put a little bit, You could, if you're going to put like a, add 100 milligrams a week of testosterone to this stack. You just put a quarter cc into that syringe with the Primo. Just a quarter cc, and that'd be 100 milligrams. And that would give the cycle a little bit of kick. A lot of you out there like to use a little testosterone in your cycle as a base. Is it mandatory? No. All right? A lot of people want to argue that. Arnold back in the 70s and all these guys in the golden era, they never used testosterone, okay? They had the bodies that we all strive for, right? They never used testosterone those days. So is it necessary? No. You're not going to die from not putting testosterone. So if you want testosterone in it, you could do it that way. You could do 100 milligrams, maybe 200 milligrams. I want to go any more. Remember, we're trying to shred. We don't want to add water retention in this cycle. We don't want to add too much testosterone where now we're going to have to add an AI. Okay. Now, Parapharma, they do have AIs. They have Aromacin and Arimidex, and you can also get Letro just in case. But I don't want you to have to go down that route. I'm trying to save you money. I'm trying to save you a hassle of trying to have to balance your estrogen. And Anavar and Primo, since they're DHT's roots, have some anti-estrogen properties already, okay? So really, to me, I wouldn't run more than like 150 milligrams a week of testosterone with it if you wanted to go down that route. Now, I'll do one more uh, mobster, and then I'll let you jump in with your um, idea. But another one you could add in here is trend. And earlier, you know, we both kind of bashed trend when it comes to, you know, cutting or whatever. And justifiably so, because trend can work against you when it comes to shredding. But it can also work for you. And I've seen with my own eyes the using trend many times, but also with other people who use trend, you can get on trend, work out in the gym, not even do very much cardio and still shred up on this stuff. I've seen it. And I've seen guys eat like crap on trend and still shred up. 
it's not something I I recommend at all. And it's really going to end up costing you big time in the long run, especially with your gut health. But some of you will react really well to trend. So if you're one of those really good trend reactors, you could go ahead and stack the Anavar, the Primo, and then add in some trend, maybe 200 or 250 milligrams a week of trend. You don't have, you have to do you don't have to do much. And Parapharma has a trend E, and they have a trend Ace, and either one would work perfectly fine here. You might want to go with the trend E since you're using Primo and Primos and NFA ester, and you can mix in a little bit of that trend in with your Primo in the same syringe and see if the magic happens. Now, if you do add in the trend, keep in mind, it's going to mess up your cardio. So if you are a cardio-centric person, you do like to do a lot of fasting, you like to cut your carbs way back, it's going to be a problem. Your side effects are going to be brutal. All right? But if you're a guy who is more of, I like to go to the gym, I like to lift weights, go home, maybe do 10 minutes of cardio uh, before the workout or after the workout, you're one of those types of people and that works for you, then trend could be an option. So it just depends on what you like to do. If you're an active person like I am, trend can really fuck you up. I've been out on hikes before and I have to take those like glucose pills, you know, that diabetics have to carry with them in case they overdose on their diabetes medication and their blood sugar gets too low. I had to carry those with me. When I used yeah. to do do long hikes with my dogs, because I would be worried about having really bad hypo symptoms and having in being in a sweat and having like no energy to finish my hike and like something happening to my dogs. I'd be I'd be paranoid about that. But that's true. That will happen to you on trend. So if you're an active person, trend is not going to be a good idea. So I would I would I would not go the trend route if you're an active person. I would probably go the more the testosterone route okay yeah. so mobster uh what are your ideas and i'll give a couple more after i'm just thinking of a couple of options here steve i'll, I'll bring up one good to give you the, the availability for the other one uh windstroke they do a, a 50 is an injectable they also do a 10 milligram and a 50 milligram uh, pill oral version uh the only issue again and it's especially when you guys get lean is you've got to watch out for the dry joints that sometimes uh, people get, especially when you get crazy, crazy lean. And Steve's talked about how that feels. How would I dose it? I would keep the numbers that I've already talked about, Primo and Anavar. And I actually agree with something that Steve said earlier on as well for the length of cycle and that latter part of the cycle where Steve's talked about a 12-week Primo and bringing in the Anavar towards the end is because I don't cut. I don't think of it in those particular terms, but I did like that idea, Steve. The same thing can be done by bringing in Winstrow at the same time as you did the Anivar. And in fact, I'd probably run this as the injectable version, Steve. And again, look for the to the availability. I'm going to say around 300 milligrams a week. I don't like to run any anabolics at high levels. There will be listeners out there that, you know, I've got to go over a gram, Steve and Mobster, that's the way that we roll, especially when it comes to competition stacks and cycles. That's a bit different. Uh, and especially in this day and age, but I tend to go on the, the lower side with these numbers. I also like that that sense of control. Something that Steve talked about, and I will add this in now as well, is the flexibility. So I tend to plan in advance what I'm going to do. For the most part, I say pretty much that I stick to a plan. But we did a show not that long ago where Steve says, 
You don't have to do that. If something's not working, if it needs a little bit of tweaking, and if you want to get the great results that you're looking for at the end, or it's just not working and you need to go in another direction, it doesn't have to be cast in iron. It can be tweaked. So the idea, like we talked about here with the numbers that we said, there's always going to be flexibility in those numbers. You can listen to a million shows and people are going to argue the toss between 50 or 100, 150, 200. It's just my personal preference, and I know that Steve agrees with this, we tend to go for the lower numbers. Most of the stuff that Steve and I talk about, typically around 900, 1,000 milligrams of everything total per week. And I do like the analogy, Steve, when it comes to stacking, dosing, cycling, et cetera, uh, is the idea that you keep, if you can't get big or strong or cut on a 1,000 milligrams a week, perhaps you need to change other things up. So, you know, there's always, and again, it's fun to talk about this stuff with higher dosages because people like to express. It's the same if we were talking about cars and tweaking a car to get an extra few miles an hour out of it. But we're talking about your bodies here. It's one thing to have the discussion, but it's another thing to run this stuff. So, again, for me, total stacking is the, with the Winstrol would probably be coming in around 350 milligrams at 50 milligrams a day or a little bit less. You don't have to do that. On the Anavar, three to six hundred on the uh, and again three hundred in this example, Steve, of the Primo, and around three hundred again. That's going to give you nine fifty total, and that keeps you just under the gram. But like Steve says, wraps running the windstroke and the Anavar towards the end of the cycle, the last four, five, maybe six weeks of a twelve-week stack. What about another option for you, Steve? Boldenone, which is Equipoise. And Parapharma has two options for you when it comes to that. They also have blends. They have different Equipoise blends, which are really interesting. Go on their website and check out what they have. Just search for B-O-L-D-O, Boldo is what they call it. And they have a Boldo 300, which is 300 milligrams a milliliter. They have a Boldo 500, which is 500 milligrams a milliliter. So what did I talk about before? about trend, the way it destroys your cardio, you're not able to take the dogs for a long walk, so you're not able to do a lot of cardio and fasting. Equipoise is, is much, much better. Um, in fact, Equipoise will actually help your cardio and boost your cardio. So Equipoise is absolutely the perfect one if you like to do a lot of cardio. Now, it will increase your uh, appetite a little bit. Not like some of the other steroids out there, but it will increase your appetite a little bit. So it may be a little different, difficult to eat in a deficit um, as much on it, but it really, really, really is really good for your cardio and it raises your red blood cell count without causing pumps, without causing other issues. So if you like to do a lot of cardio, what you could do here is run the equipoise and the primo together and you could drop the anovar because the anovar as mobster mentioned earlier causes pumps and it causes crippling pumps especially back pumps i know i did i had that when i did cardio when i go running or whatever so you could go that route or you could do the anovar really really low dose maybe 10 20 milligrams a day instead of going 50 60 milligrams a day you see and then you can run the equipoise you know anywhere from 300 to 500 milligrams a week and you can mix it with the Primo and run the Primo anywhere from 300 to 500 milligrams a week, you see. So that's a good way to shred. And you could um, cut back on your food, do some fasting on it. It's not going to mess with your fasting too much, even though it's going to increase your appetite. But it's not going to, like, kill your situation like Trend will. I mean, if you fast on Trend, 
you could literally cause problems, you know, it's, it's that, that much of a, of an issue when it comes to, you know, the way it, it like messes around with your blood sugar and stuff. Um, I would say, you know, on equipoise, it, it's worth a shot. If you like to stay active and, and you have a very cardio active, uh, lifestyle, it would be a really, really good option in that situation monster. So you can give that, that one a go. A lot of people don't know that equipoise is so good when it comes to cutting. And I'll give one more monster, um, Toronto Bowl. And again, I'm going to echo what I just said about the cardio. You could switch out the Anabar for Toronto Bowl and run the Toronto Bowl with the Primo. And T-Bowl, the good thing about T-Bowl, it doesn't cause pumps, the crippling pumps that the Anabar will or the Winstrol will, as Mobster talked about. <coughs> T-Bowl, I like T-Bowl. The only thing I don't like about T-Bowl is that it's an oral. And it comes in 20 milligram tablets. I don't like taking orals every day and having to remember to take orals every day. I like to just inject once or twice a week to be done with it. It takes like two minutes. Boom, I'm done. I don't have to worry about it. But then orals, I have to keep the oral on my desk and remember to take it and all this stuff. And I can't remember, oh, did I take it this morning? I can't remember. T-Bowl comes in 20 milligram from, from Paraforma. I would do two of those a day, 40 milligrams. You could run it with the Primo. That would be a really, really good one uh, for, for your cardio. It would be good for your cardio, and it would be good for cutting, and it won't mess with your appetite. So you could do Primo and T-Bowl. Neither one will mess with your appetite, and that would be a really, really good stack. So I have a lot of respect for that stack as well, Mobster. Let me throw in a, a few tips and techniques, guys, and I mentioned this on another show recently. Do the cardio you're going to stick with. Now, that might mean daily steps done at a reasonably fast pace. The trick is always to be slightly out of breath, even with your daily steps. If Steve's talked about fasted cardio, and again, guys, I see this as an excuse. You want to get in a shape. You want to beat your buddies. You want to be the one that's ripped, shredded on the beach. The trick is to get up half an hour earlier and do your shit first thing in the day. Get it done, guys. Like I said, when it comes to cardio, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. It doesn't just have to be running. It doesn't just have to be riding a bike or whatever else. It could be rowing. It could be using a treadmill. It could be the stair climber, whatever else. But the one that fucks you up and the one you can stick to. Heck, guys, you don't even have to do the same cardio. You can rotate through those different cardio options. Just so long as you've got a good, accurate measure of what you're doing. Steve touched upon something earlier on, and I think this is kind of a trick that's sometimes missed on similar shows to ours. I don't always hear this. Photographs. It is a head fuck for us, and especially we're on a diet, that we can't always necessarily see ourselves as other people see us. One of the tricks I've talked about is literally going to see someone at the beginning of the shred and then going to see them again at the end of the shred. That person who hasn't seen you for 12 weeks will see the fucking difference. It might be your nan. It might be your mum. It might be whoever. But that person will see it. You won't always notice the changes. And you kind of got used to that face in the mirror, used to seeing those abs and those legs and those quads and those biceps. The other person hasn't seen you for 12 weeks. The photograph is a great one. And we encourage this when we talk about the logs online. It keeps you on plan. Because it's very easy to slide backwards and become distracted. We get guys asking about shredding that want to go to a pool party and drink a beer. No, you can't, motherfucker. This is a shred. You're looking to get into shape. The photograph keeps you there too. 
We take photographs, as Steve said, for example, I would say every couple of weeks on a, on a 12 week, which is six set photographs. And I want you to do the full set. That's front, back, relax, posing, whatever. Try to take those photographs under the same conditions, in the same spot, with the same lighting, same clothing even. One of the tricks that companies used to do was have the person with shorts down and then hitch the shorts up. Stomach pushed out, stomach stuck in and so on. You want the same conditions, the same kind of photograph, the same kind of lighting, the same doorway or wall or whatever it is that you're using, the same skin color, although you might pick up a little bit of color as the sun starts to come out and the spring and the summer starts to come along. Something else that's super important here, and I think Steve will agree with me, focus on the end game. When you're tired, when life gets in the way, when work's stressing you out, when bills are coming through the door, whatever, the, the, there's a million distractions, but we're looking for the end game. And the end game is looking fucking amazing. That might be, and I've touched on this already, looking amazing on the beach. The percentage of people in this day and age, and especially when it comes to doing a shred and getting super cut, is tiny. It's fractional. It's like one in a hundred. You go to the beach and you will be the only person out of a hundred people that are there with anything like a six pack. The only person there with separation in your delts. The only person there who can head of the triceps popping out. The only person you can see separation of any kind in the legs. And to get crazy, crazy competition shredded is on another level again. That's where people are pointing at you in the street as you're walking around in a T-shirt and shorts. That stuff is fucked up level crazy. You've got the, the options of both of these things. Now, food. It needs to be clean. It needs to be healthy. Now, there's for and against on this argument. I'm going to give you both when it comes to meal prep. So one of the things that sometimes drives people absolutely crazy is a sensation of being hungry. And again, I would argue that you should focus on the end game. You need to be kind of hungry. You're not starving to death here. You're just eating healthy. You're eating clean. So normally, the science says there's no great advantage between the difference between two meals and five meals per day. All I'm going to say here is that perhaps, and especially it's more of that head fuck for some people, the five meals Still the same amount of calories, still macros the same over for the day. It's just going to give you that sensation of having something in the stomach. And that might mean a few of you can cope better. But the truth of the matter is, and I think Steve will agree with this, when we talk about faster cardio or doing faster, whatever else, is you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cardio isn't comfortable. It shouldn't be comfortable when you're trying to burn fat. Doing what we do in the gym might be pleasurable because you're killing it, but at the same time, it's hard. And the diet can feel like that too. What do you think on that kind of topic, Steve? Have you got any particular tips that you can get people to get them through the grind? So, I mean, look, any human being, okay, throughout history has been uncomfortable. Whether it be the feeling of being hot, feeling of being cold. We talk, you know, a lot of people talk about taking cold showers. Take a, take a, a cold shower every day. Be a little uncomfortable. You know, and and it makes your body stronger. Like, do you really think like any pro athlete, they're able to excel and get to where they are without pushing themselves? You know, any if you're training for a, a, a 5K, you've got to be uncomfortable during your training. You got to push your body to the point where you feel like you're going to throw up, but you got to keep pushing. 
you gotta you're training in a group you're looking at the person in front of you i can remember when i used to train for triathlons i'd look at the dude in front of me who i could never be and i would freaking be two seconds away from throwing up and i'm like i gotta keep this guy in my sight i cannot let this guy get ahead of me i kept pushing that was the day where i came so close to throwing up where I almost caught that guy. That was the day. That was the, cha the changing point where I actually broke a plateau. Because the next time we did a race, I actually improved my time. And I was able to actually pass that person. And when we used to train together going forward, I used to always beat them. So, But this is a person, I could never beat them for six straight months. I would train my balls off. I could never beat them. But one day I got to the point where I was so fucking uncomfortable that I finally could beat them. When you're lifting weights, you feel that burn. You push to fatigue. You, you got to feel that burn. I trained with someone before. They were doing the ab cruncher thing. They're like, oh, I, I'm, and then they just stopped halfway through their set. I'm like, why did you stop? Like, I, I felt burning sensation. And I'm like, so why did you stop? The burning sensation is the lactic yeah, acid. Yeah, man. Yeah. Push through it. You got to push yeah. through it. You're training your body. When mobster lifts heavy ass weight, it's uncomfortable. Oh, man. Yeah. But he pushes through it. His heart rate's going through the roof, but he pushes through it to get the body. It's about training your body. So when it comes to being uncomfortable, it's okay. We A lot of you grew up, every time you'd whine and complain, your parents used to like stick ice cream in your mouth to shut you up. So now as an adult, you think, well, every time I'm uncomfortable, I'm just going to go to my fridge, open it up and eat something, you know, eat some treat, give myself a treat, give myself uh, some ice cream. Because I have to treat, you know, give myself a treat. Our dogs, you know, they, 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 they're jumping around playing and, and we, we kind of want to let them, you know, just leave me alone for a minute. So here, here's a uh, rawhide. Go chew on this for a while. Mm. Give me a break. We do the same thing with our kids. And then the kids grow up as adults and they use those tools that were ingrained in them, you know, where I'm uncomfortable with something. So I'm just going to throw food at my body. And that's what we do. That's why we have a obesity. One of the reasons we have an obesity epidemic. But, you let, know, let when me, it comes let to... Me, yeah, let me talk about... Steve, comes, I, I don't... Do, yeah, yeah, let me I, finish I my thought, Mops. Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, go on. When it comes Let's, to yeah, cutting, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? It's going to be uncomfortable. You just got to push through it. Gir your girling levels go up and down throughout the day. You yes. feel like I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I got to eat something. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. I got to eat something. I'm trying to fast for half the day, but I got to eat something. I got to eat something. Wait 15 minutes or have some water. I guarantee you 15, 20 minutes after that, you won't be hungry anymore because your ghrelin levels are fucking with your brain telling you to go find food, go find food, go find food. It's like a cat. The cat's always looking for something that's moving, a bug or a rodent or anything to go grab it. Because in its mind, it's thinking, I got to I gotta grab something. And that's kind of, you've got to overcome that if you're going to be successful when it comes to cutting. I'm, I don't care if you're 18% trying to get to, to 13% or if you're 13% yeah. trying to get 8%. If you're 8% trying to get 6%, it doesn't matter. You're going to be uncomfortable and you have to be able to fight through it or you're not going to accomplish jack shit when it comes to fitness. I don't care what it is. So go ahead, Momster, finish your final thoughts. Yeah, I, I'm just going to touch upon... Listen, guys, I when I did that, when I only did a four-week cut, as I said right at the beginning of the show, and there was a few times, and the trend was partly responsible for this as well, of course. I'm out there doing my first set of steps for the day, Steve, and I'm drag I don't want to go out and do a third set. I've done two already, Steve. 
and I feel kind of tired. But I went out and did my third set. I, I just got out there and did my third bunch of steps. And I know oh, I've got this fucking mile, man. I got walked down, I got walked back, that's a couple of thousand, blah, blah, blah. Got my shit done. Got my thing. I don't I think I might have missed one, Steve. The rest of them is doing six thousand, normally did nine thousand at three hundred plus pounds. Get that shit done, tiring, right? Why? Because I'm telling the guys on the forum that I'm doing a cut. I want that cut to be successful. Was I hungry? Yes. Was I tired? Yes. Was it hard to get through? Did I like how I felt on trend? No. But the reality of this situation is you want to be that one person. And I said this at the beginning. You want to be the one on the beach. You want to be the one down the park. You want to be that person that did the grind. Okay? You go to any gym, including the hardcore gym that I go to. Got my gym here, but my, the hardcore gym that I go to as well, Steve. And people there, I would say 60, 70% are exactly like Steve said, stop him when shit gets uncomfortable. Stop him when shit gets heavy. They don't want to be crazy strong. They don't want to be crazy ripped. They just want to be a little bit in shape. That's not what this podcast is around. We're talking about shredding. Shredding is crazy. When a freak comes in, someone that's going to do a competition, when they've got that kind of look, they're, 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 we don't get 100 in our gym. It's certainly not what I go, Steve. But that motherfucker stands out. Whether it's a male or a female, we've had compete, compete, women competing men. They stand out. You listener who's re- listening to this podcast, who wants to get shredded, supported by Parapharma products, wants to be that person. But when the top comes off, oh, my God, I'm seeing obliques. I'm seeing hamstrings. I'm seeing Christmas tree. I'm seeing separation on the delts. The fuck is this person in condition? Our gym owner has been in that kind of condition with the lines going into the delts and the veins up and down, just sitting behind the gym counter. With the little, I mean, there's little tiny lines, Steve, at the base of the delt where they're turning to the tricep. That is shredded, competing shredded, working with athletes that want to get tan and do modeling gigs shredded. That's the stuff. It's hard. It's not easy. But with Parapharma products like We've talked about the day with the pre-breakfast, if you're even having breakfast, the fasted cardio, going out when it's raining, covered up on your hoodie, covered up on your waterproof, still getting your cardio done in, doing your steps, doing the hitting the treadmill, coming to the gym at half past fucking six in the morning before work and getting your shit done before you go off. If you're even a competing athlete, before you coach and get other athletes into shape, and especially when it comes to the comp- competitive athletes, knowing that all your competition is doing stuff like you're doing. This isn't just gym users now. This is every single person that's going to be on that stage with you is doing cardio. Every single person dieting. You just need to be there more in that game with your eye on the end game, with your eye on the first place prize, with your eye, even as an average Joe, on being in crazy, crazy, ripped and shredded shape. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. Our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the first amendment.